At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Philadelphia City Cast with Ryan Rothstein, presented by Bet Rivers. Ah, uh, that's right. Welcome back, Philadelphia City Cast. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. What's happening, everyone? Give me a follow on Twitter at WiseRye, W I S E R Y E, August 30th, Tuesday morning here at the time of this recording for another edition of the Philly City Cast. And man, you know, I, I start off and sound like I'm in a good mood, which I am. But then I think of what I have to get to here on this episode, and we have to start with the recap of that dumpster fire of a Phillies game last night out in Arizona. You know, I know a lot of Phillies fans fell asleep with, uh, you know, a nice 7 nothing lead in favor of the Phils. So you pass out on the couch, in, in the bed, wherever it may be, feeling good, dreaming about another Phillies win, and you wake up, and the scoreboard says, not so fast, my friends. 13-7, to the Phillies lose to the Arizona Diamondbacks out in Arizona for game one of this three-game series. Horrendous loss. I, I mean, I, I don't know if there's a worse loss this season that the Phillies have uh, taken. I mean, just an absolute unacceptable loss. And yeah, you know, as we always say, and you often hear in baseball, about baseball, ah, it's one game. Stop it. Stop it. It is one game. I know. I get it. I understand they can still make the playoffs. It doesn't mean it's not a horrible loss. And now what that loss does 
it just puts a lot of pressure on this Phillies team to get the win tonight in game two. Aaron Nola's on the mound. Uh, you have to figure out a way to get a win to avoid you know, a guarantee losing this series. And you had the opportunity last night, obviously with the 7 nothing lead, uh, but if we're looking past that, it's not just the 7 nothing lead. It's who was on the mound for the Arizona Diamondbacks, okay? You had Bumgarner on the mound, uh, and now you have to go up against Zach Allen uh, tonight on Tuesday night, but the Phils got to Bumgarner. They got to him in a big way, obviously jumping out to a 7 nothing lead. He only lasted three and two-thirds, got pulled in the fourth inning. Phillies jumped on him for 11 hits, seven runs, and that's what you got to do. It looked like it was going to be a great win where the Phillies just jumped on top of Bumgarner. Offense was alive. Bats were alive. Schwarber goes yard uh, for his, what was it? It was 36th home run of the season. Harper knocks in two doubles with four, uh, excuse me, Schwarber had four RBIs. Harper had one RBI, two for four on the day for Harper. Alec Baum had another great uh, showing offensively, two for five. Uh, so this was another game. JT Riomuto continued his success at the plate, uh, knocking in a couple of ribbies. So you start to say, all right, perfect. Bounce back from the uh, Sunday loss. You get on the road after taking two or three from the Pirates. Start this series off with a bang. They certainly did, but not in the positive way. And my, my I hesitate when I'm about to say concern. Um, you know, because I don't know if it's fair to, for me to say my concern with this Phillies team is the bullpen and the pitching. But it is, right? I mean, the, the, the calendar has not yet even officially turned to the month of September. We all know what NOLA has done, more specifically has not done in the month of September. We all know how bad this bullpen has been. Not this season. They've been great. Uh, but how bad this bullpen has been in recent years. And now, because of how we've been hurt in the past by this Phillies team, you start to sit here and, and think to yourself after a loss like that, uh-oh. Is September going to be the month now where the Phillies pitching takes a turn for the worse, right? Is the bullpen going to start to unravel a little bit? Is the starting pitching going to start to unravel a little bit? Ranger Suarez did not look good, right? He's been good for the basically the entire season, majority of the season, uh, but that was his second straight start where he was bad. Ranger, that is. It was just a bad showing from Ranger Suarez. Uh, and then the bullpen almost pretty much one-upped them. All right, Sanchez uh, and Bellotti were terrible, absolutely terrible. All right, both of those guys combined for five walks. Uh, Bellotti pegged a dude with the bases loaded to walk in a run. Uh, it, it just got ugly from the Phillies bullpen. It was ugly from Ranger Suarez uh, and ugly for the entire team, right? There's no excuses to lose a game that you go up 7 nothing. Gene Segura had a very costly error. It ended up being very costly. It didn't feel that way at the time. Phillies were up 7-2. Gene Segura had a chance to end that inning, get out of the inning relatively unscathed. He has an error. The rest is history. Diamondbacks end up scoring four more runs in that inning. They score six more the next inning. If Gene Segura is able to field the ball cleanly, 
we may be talking about, you know, like a 7-3 Phillies win here. Not the case. So there was a lot of different points in the timeline on that Monday night uh, game in Arizona where you say this player had a chance to stop the bleeding and possibly uh, secure and protect that lead that the Phillies had. Not the case. An important game now on Tuesday. Uh, and the Phillies are still, listen, they're still playing good baseball and I'm still going to hang my hat on what they've been doing all season long. All right, I'm, I'm trying to evolve here a little bit and not continuously fear for the worst uh, and not continuously point to previous seasons with what this Phillies team has done in disappointing us, particularly late in the year. This team has done an excellent job bouncing back from losses all season long. And so... Tuesday night for me is going to tell me a lot about this team right now and where their headspace is at. Uh, and it would just be a nice way to bounce back, stop the bleeding, and just all of us take a big exhale. Most importantly, when I say all of us, the guys in that clubhouse, in that uh, dugout, locker room, etc. Big game tonight, in my opinion. All right, we'll look at the pitching matchup. I've mentioned uh, Zach, Zach Allen's getting the ball. For the Diamondbacks here, and the dude is a beast, right? That's why I, I, I look at Monday night as just a massively missed opportunity for the Philadelphia Phillies. Gallon has been, you know, I think it's fair to say Gallon's been excellent uh, this season. All right, Nola's getting the ball for the Phillies. So we'll dive into that pitching matchup here in just a couple of minutes uh, and all of the latest information you need to make a, an, an informed wager uh, for this matchup here on Tuesday night. I will throw out the betting odds for you. The Phillies right now, still the road favorite again at minus 137. D-backs at home at plus 120. Phillies uh, laying the one and a half on the run line, priced at plus 125. Diamondbacks getting the one and a half at minus 150. The total set at seven and a half with the overpriced at plus 102, the underpriced uh, at minus 120. Obviously, just the betting recap from Monday night, although I think all of you can handle this math. Um, the Phillies blow the opportunity to, to cash your Phillies money line or run line tickets. Uh, the over eight and a half obviously came through the Diamondbacks money line at plus 155. It even, I think, got up to right around plus 160, 165 at some point at Bet Rivers. That cashes as well. I did throw out the over four and a half strikeouts for Ranger Suarez last night. That did not hit. Ranger Suarez finished with, of course, four strikeouts. All right, we'll give you the public betting splits uh, as of Tuesday morning, uh, and then I'll update you on my Twitter account later in the evening here on Tuesday at Wise Rye. But uh, at the moment, Philly's money line, 60% of the handle, taking the fills on the money line. Look at the total, 93% of the handle going with the under 7.5. That's certainly because of the pitching matchup. I'll give you my thoughts on that in this episode. 83% of the handle taking the Arizona Diamondbacks on the run line at plus 1.5, priced at minus 150. You look at the total tickets coming in, 70% of the tickets also taking, with, uh, taking the Phillies on the money line, excuse me. 57% of the tickets going with the over compared to 93% of the money going with the under. What does that tell us? Oh, a couple of big bets from the Sharps uh, and then 
the rest of the betting public going with the over, the sharps going with the under. Uh, and then you look at the run line at 51% of the tickets, also going with Arizona on the run line, as I mentioned, 83% of the money going with the D-backs on the run line. So we'll get into the Phillies a little bit more here throughout the show. Uh, also have to talk birds, uh, as this is roster cuts day. Is that the way to describe it? Well, that's how I described it. 4 p.m. Eastern time uh, is when NFL teams have to have their 53-man rosters submitted to the NFL. There already has been uh, some news and players released. We'll get to the updates on that. Uh, and we'll also kind of preview and predict what this final 53 is going to look like a little bit, uh, as well as continue to give you all of the latest updated information in the NFL futures market. Uh, all of that is still to come on this episode. Uh, on this Tuesday, August 30th, uh, just a couple of days away from Penn State-Purdue, Dub V and Pitt on Thursday, the Backyard Brawl, West Virginia's my alma mater, so I'm excited for that. Uh, we'll be previewing all the college football action this week, uh, and as we get closer to Thursday and any of the other key games uh, leading up to the weekend here, uh, so it, it's an exciting time as we approach the month of September. Some of the biggest storylines in the world of sports uh, Serena won last night up in uh, New York at Arthur Ashe Stadium. That was an awesome, an awesome crowd and environment and atmosphere. We'll see what she's able to do moving forward, as well as on the men's side of things. We'll work in plenty of the U.S. Open talk and conversation here throughout the week. And how about Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, what the heck is going on out in San Francisco? <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers uh, have restructured his deal here. Uh, a one-year deal. He's staying out in San Francisco, at least at the moment, for the 2022 NFL season. I, I, I don't know what's behind this, right? I mean, it was clear that the 49ers were not able to get an offer in the trade market that they wanted, that they thought was reasonable, um, didn't want to cut him for whatever reason. So is this... Is this uh, news regarding Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers staying together for at least one more season. Is it because of the lack of demand for Garoppolo in the trade market? And maybe this restructured deal will make it more enticing for other teams to trade for him. Uh, maybe the San Francisco 49ers have that uh, as their thought process. And they say, all right, you know, if there's an injury, once the season starts, we have Garoppolo sitting here, on a more friend, team-friendly type of a deal, uh, and that's when a team can hit us up for a trade to bring Garoppolo in as their starter when their starter, if and when their starter goes down. Maybe, right? Maybe. Uh, or is it because they have yet to fall in love with Trey Lance still? Who knows? I'm not really sure. I'm sure there's going to be conflicting reports out there and opinions uh, for all of the above and more, but uh, those are certainly some of the biggest storylines in the world of sports over the last 12 to 24 hours here. Uh, so plenty to get to, all right? Plenty to get to. Uh, we'll talk birds and all the updates regarding the final 53. And I'll give you my best bets for Phil's D-backs. All still ahead here on the Philadelphia City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook at Wise Rye on the old tweets. Kick off college football with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. 
Join Bet Rivers every Saturday of the college football season for a 20% parlay profit boost of at least three legs. With new promotions and props every single day, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook. Simply download the Bet Rivers app or head on over to betrivers.com today. It's a whole new game. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambling. So just some breaking news as I'm recording this episode here. Uh, the Eagles. Howie Roseman. I mean, I love you, Howie, if you're listening out there. Just an absolute stud. Eagles have traded for Gardner Johnson from the Saints. 24 years old. He's played over 80% of the Saints defensive snaps in each of the last two seasons. The dude is a trash-talking G. He's one of the biggest instigators in all of the National Football League. He's always getting under the skin of opponents. Uh, the question here is, and this is all from uh, some of this uh, that I'm relaying to you here on this uh, episode. Some of this is from Sheila Kapadia of The Ringer. Um, covers the Eagles and the NFL. Uh, does a great job. And she'll tweet it out here that one of the questions, what is his role going to be? Because he's only played 11 snaps at uh, safety the last two seasons. 74% of his snaps have come in the slot. And the Eagles have, uh, you know, Avante Maddox in the slot. So interesting to see what they do. I imagine they're going to put him at safety, though, regardless of where he's played the most uh, in recent seasons. So uh, there we go. I just tweeted out earlier this morning, what the heck are the Eagles doing at safety in the secondary? This is a mess now. You know, they uh, cut and released uh, Tart yesterday. And you know, if you remember when the, that news first came out that the Eagles signed Tart, that was you know, a relatively big deal. That was, okay, nice. The Eagles are addressing uh, their depth concerns in the secondary and at safety. This is a guy that has seen plenty of significant playing time at the position. This is all good. And the dude was just like non-existent for the birds all summer. He was getting second and third team reps. Didn't get a whole lot of opportunity in the preseason games. Take that for what it's worth. Um, so you start to wonder, all right, well, like is Marcus Epps enough here? Uh, and then the Eagles come out and and do this. It's, it's not a massive type of deal slash acquisition, but it's a good one. It's another good one for Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles. So um, nothing really to complain about there as it relates to the Phils and what they continue to do as they are continuing to prep for um, trimming down their roster to the final 53. Some of the updates on that while we're on this topic. Um, Eagles have waived quarterback Reed Sinnott. That's per NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. Sinnott was the third stringer pretty much all summer, all camp. He did get some second team reps, but Eagles are – deciding just to keep two quarterbacks in Jalen and Gardner Minshew. We already brought up uh, Jaquiski Tart. Eagles have also released center Cameron Tom. Uh, another weird one, Carson Strong. I mean, the dude didn't play at all in preseason. Uh, reported and confirmed they didn't give him basically any reps at all in practice and throughout camp. What they did give him is over $300,000 in guaranteed money. So weird. Uh, they either just thought they were getting one thing and got the complete opposite uh, or just realized 
Uh, there was really no place for him here uh, in Philadelphia. That's obviously, you know, could be both of those things. But nonetheless, the Eagles cut Carson Strong, quarterback, undrafted free agent out of Nevada. Uh, there was a lot of talk that, you know, this guy could make the team. This is a, a young kid with a ton of arm strength and, um, you know, maybe he could even compete for the backup role, depending on what the Eagles do with Gardner, Minshew, et cetera. But they didn't even give him the the light of day as it relates to playing time. Uh, and, and he's gone from the Philadelphia Eagles. Some more names that have been cut and released. Running back Jason Huntley. Uh, this is according to Mike Kay of Pro Football Network. Huntley spent last season on the practice squad for the Birds. He did break off that long touchdown run uh, in the preseason finale down in Miami. Uh, obviously, that did not matter slash was not enough. Uh, how about this name for the second time in just a week? Eagles are waving cornerback Josh Blackwell. Uh, Eagles released him, like I mentioned last week, but then re-signed him uh, just a day or two later for uh, you know some practice reps and I'm guessing just to get bodies for that third and final meaningless preseason game. Uh, Richard Rodgers, the tight end, who I liked. Uh, as like a third option, a guy that you can bring in to block, didn't have the worst hands in the world. Uh, but this is according to NJ.com's Chris Franklin, veteran tight end, uh, has had a few different stints with the Eagles. We'll see. Maybe they decide to pick up the phone and bring him back in uh, at, at a better time. Maybe it's next week. Maybe it's in October. Who knows? But I wouldn't be shocked if Richard Rodgers ends up back in the Eagles locker room. Another name that you can never be surprised if they come back. Uh, with the Eagles, Greg Ward. Uh, this summer, Greg Ward has been dealing with an injury. I believe it was the toe injury. Uh, and now the Eagles have decided to release him. I mean, this is standard operating procedure, right? The Eagles release Greg Ward every year. <laughs> and then it's almost a lock that Greg Ward will end up catching a, a, a touchdown pass at some point in the regular season uh, in a big game against like the Giants or Washington. <laughs> it's just, it's almost comical. How, how frequently they've cut, released, and re-signed and brought back wide receiver Greg Ward. But uh, that's pretty much all the latest as far as players that have been released up to the time that I'm speaking with you here. Plenty more, I'm sure, will be announced uh, over the next few hours, the rest of the morning into the afternoon, up to 4 p.m. Eastern time. But the lead here, make sure it doesn't get buried is the Eagles trading uh, for a, a key player in the secondary slash, uh, more importantly, the safety position, most likely, and Gardner Johnson, 24-year-old from the Saints. So good stuff there from Howie Roseman in the front office. Once again, another one, as DJ Khaled would say. <laughs> Philadelphia City Gas presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. Uh, before we get to the fight ends, you have to say it like that for some reason. Uh, while we're talking NFL here, let's just give you the quick updates in the futures market. And there's not a ton to update you on from uh, our last update yesterday, but nonetheless, still have to do it here. Still have to keep you guys informed. Eagles 22 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, you look at MVP. Josh Allen still the betting favorite at 7 to 1. Uh, then you have Jalen Hurts at 25 to 1 to win NFL MVP. You have uh, NFC East winner 
How about this? Some more movement. The Eagles have moved to plus 145. They're in sole possession as the betting favorite now at Bet Rivers Sportsbook to win the division. We talked about the move uh, for the Eagles yesterday to plus 150, which tied them from the betting odds perspective with the Dallas Cowboys. The Eagles are now the favorite at plus 145. The Cowboys are now behind them at plus 150. How about that? Your Philadelphia Eagles have become the betting favorite at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. We'll get into that a little bit more here on this episode, as well as plenty of Phillies discussion and betting picks and previews on the City Cat. All right, so the Phil's betting preview here for Tuesday night. Let's uh, let's make it happen. Phillies are 72-57 and 57 on the season. Um, yesterday, I talked about the two-and-a-half game lead uh, over the San Diego Padres for that second wildcard spot. Three wildcard teams this season, uh, as we've discussed. Phillies now have the one-and-a-half game lead over the Padres. They're still hanging on to that second wildcard spot out of three. So, okay, not not the biggest deal, but uh, they, they lost a game on their lead over the San Diego Padres. Uh, some teams looking to get into the mix of the final three, if you will. Milwaukee, a game-and-a-half out of San Diego. The Giants, uh, big drop-off. Eight and a half games out of San Diego. So really a four-team race right now uh, as it stands on August 30th here on Tuesday. So uh, let's – well, actually, I was going to say let's bring it back to the, the matchup tonight. But uh, how about we do a betting odds update in Major League Baseball's futures market here uh, before we dive into our best bets for Tuesday. World Series, not much has changed here uh, either. In Major League Baseball, Dodgers still the betting favorite to win the whole shebang at plus 350. Houston's next at plus 385. The Yankees plus 450. Then you have a couple of NLE squads. The Mets at plus 525. Braves at plus 900. Your Phillies sitting at 35 to 1. Uh, you look at the National League winner odds. Of course, the Dodgers, who are the World Series betting favorite, are your National League favorite at plus 155. Then couple of a couple of and at least teams and the Mets at plus 235 the Braves at plus 475 then you have the Phils at 16 to 1 uh nothing there different or changing since last time we updated you um we'll look at the NL East update once again so the same Mets the favorite at minus 400 then the Braves 3 to 1 as the Braves are trying to chase down the Mets for the division title Phils at 100 to 1 so can forget about that. Uh, you look at the Cy Young betting odds, heavy favorites, Verlander at minus 335 in the American League. You look at the National League, um, Sandy Alcantara, who's been there all season at minus 625. Uh, you look at AL Rookie of the Year, Julio Rodriguez at minus 500, Spencer Strider for the NL at minus 159. NL MVP betting odds, Paul Goldschmidt, heavy favorite at minus 1430. American League Judge, of course, at minus 1,000. Judge, uh, while we bring his name up, knocked his 50th home run of the season in last night on Monday night as he chases history. We'll see if he's able to get to 60. I, I imagine he will, uh, and we'll see what he can finish with as uh, the season starts to enter its final phase of the 2022 
Major League Baseball season. It's going to be uh, it's going to be an exciting one for a lot of different reasons, and especially for the Phils, who seventy two and fifty six, second wild card spot right now in the standings. Uh, they have a task of trying to get to Zach Gallen tonight, uh, who's getting the ball for Arizona. Gallon's nine and two on the season, an ERA of two seven three. Nola's getting the ball for the Phils. Nola's record, 9-10 on the year, ERA of 3.08. Nola's been really good. Uh, Nola's been really good all season long. He's been striking out a lot of batters, uh, racking up the innings, low ERA, as we've mentioned. Uh, and Nola's going to have to continue that tonight. You look at his last start. He went up against the Cincinnati Reds. Nola had a complete game, giving up only five hits and zero runs. You look at Gallon's last start uh, was against the Kansas City Royals. Gallon went six innings. He gave up three hits and zero runs. For whatever reason, Phillies are 0-5 in Nola's last five Tuesday starts. The over is 8-1 in Nola's last nine Tuesday starts. Uh, this is going to be a pitching battle, right? I'd be really shocked if it's not. Nola and Gallon have both been really solid this season, each coming off strong starts where they haven't given up a run. Uh, in those last starts, both teams' bats, I think, are going to be on ice here <laughs> on, on Tuesday night after they were scorching hot uh, on Monday night to, to kick off game one of this three-game set. So um, based off of that line of thinking, let's look at the wagering menu. And one more time here uh, to go over the betting odds for the total and game winner. You look at the Phillies on the road, minus 137 on the money line, D-backs plus 120. The total's at 7.5, the overpriced at plus 104, the under at minus 124. If you want to lay the 1.5 on the run line with the Phillies, decent price there at plus 125. Um, I'll start with uh, my best play, uh, and that's with Aaron Nola. I, I've been giving this out a lot throughout the season whenever Nola is scheduled to get the start. And, you know, for good reason. <laughs> I, I mentioned Nola and the success that he's had on the mound, particularly striking batters out. He's been uh, one of the best that's doing it right now in all of Major League Baseball, not just, uh, not just the National League. Nola for Tuesday night is sitting at uh, six and a half strikeouts for his total at Bet Rivers, the overpriced at minus 125. And I'm I'm hammering the over at six and a half. Uh, the over six and a half strikeouts for Nola has hit in ten of his last twelve starts. It's also hit in three straight starts. Uh, it's been a profitable betting option here, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with it here tonight, Tuesday night, in what's poised to be a pitching duel uh, with Gallon getting the ball. For the D-backs, look at Gallon's strikeout total. It's at five and a half with the over priced at minus 141, the under priced uh, at plus 106. And uh, there's also another another play that I'm I'm keying in on uh, besides Nola's uh, besides Nola's strikeout total, which we're we're hammering the over on. Uh, I look at first five innings. And I'm not taking a side, like I'm not saying, yeah, let's play the Phil's first five. I'm actually looking at the total for the first five innings based off of the Nola and Zach Gallen head-to-head -head matchup uh, on the mound to start things off. The total for the first five innings at Bet River Sportsbook is set at three and a half. 
the under is priced at even money. I love that play. Uh, we have two pitchers that have a really low ERA on the entire season, two pitchers that are uh, throwing the ball really well as of late. Both of these guys, as we've mentioned, coming off of starts where they had zero earned runs given up. Uh, so you certainly would expect these guys to go six, seven innings at least each. Uh, and I'm going to go with under three and a half. And you're getting it at a really good price at even money. Uh, so jump on that while you can, while that's still at even money at Bet River. So my two plays for Tuesday night, going with the over six and a half strikeouts for Aaron Nola, uh, priced at minus 125. Uh, and then a bet that I think is even uh, better than that one is the under three and a half runs for the first five innings priced at even money at plus 100. Uh, as far as a side, I'm, I'm staying away from it. Um, tempting to go Phillies laying the one and a half at plus 125. Um, I, I, I probably would do that. Uh, but because of it, because of Gallon getting the start for the D-backs, I'm just a little bit more hesitant. Uh, and because of the couple of other plays that I like, there's really no reason to force a you know a Phillies money line bet or even a Phillies run line bet. But if you're looking for one of those two, um, I would go with the run line because you're getting it at plus 125. As far as a total on the game set at seven and a half, I'm not playing that either. The over's priced at plus 102, but uh, if I had to give out a play there based off of my first five innings under play, I would, I would side with the under seven and a half. Of course, there's always the possibility these offenses uh, jump on the bullpens late in the game after, you know, Gallon and Nola's days are, are over. Um, so that's always a possibility. So for those reasons, I'm staying away from all of the above. Those are my leans uh, if I have to give them out. But take Nola over six and a half Ks. Take the under three and a half runs scored in the first five innings. Priced at even money plus 100 at Bet River Sportsbook. All right, let's get into the final segment here of the Philadelphia City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook here on Tuesday, August 30th. And uh, got to a lot already talking Eagles as they're trimming down their roster for the final 53. Uh, big news there, adding uh, adding depth to the secondary, not just depth, a, a starter in the secondary, a safety. Uh, everyone's been up in arms about the, the lack of a uh, efficient safety, is a nice way to put it, uh, on the Eagles roster. And I'll, hopefully, uh, those questions and those concerns have been slightly erased you can't say that definitively uh today on august 30th but we will find out soon opening day august uh, august september 11th uh, up in detroit at 1 p.m and i, I want to just talk about uh some of the eagles biggest storylines for a moment and of course all the talks on jalen hurts all the talks going to be on um, the coaches, particularly head coach Nick Sirianni and then defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. Gannon's really going to have the magnifying glass over his head here this season, especially early on. You look at the upgrades on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't look at one position uh, without seeing an upgrade in some way, shape, or form, whether it was through the draft, free agency, uh, via trade, However it may have been, Howie Roseman in this front office has absolutely done an outstanding job. I mean, Howie Roseman right now uh, is already 
my executive NFL executive of the year award winner with, with the work that he's done uh, and he's continuing to do it. Uh, a prime example is what he's done today, earlier this morning, uh, adding Johnson safety from uh, the Saints. But, you know, I, I was on a, a different show yesterday on Monday and we were talking about potential X factors and one thing that I'm excited about, one thing I'm concerned about for this Eagles season uh, and and for me, we can talk about Jalen Hurts. We can even talk about Devontae Smith and AJ uh, AJ Brown and even Dallas Goddard. All are exciting. And you know, can Devontae Smith really take that next step in year two? What type of tight end will Dallas Goddard be? Not just stat wise and production wise. Uh, and then what? Obviously, what can Brown do for you? Right? What will AJ Brown look like? Uh, can he be that Terrell Owens type of addition for this Philadelphia Eagles organization? Can he have a monster season of a thousand plus yards, double digit touchdown catches? Uh, can Devontae Smith do something similar of, or you know, of equal value? Can Jalen Hurts take advantage of defenses doubling A.J. Brown and get the ball down the field uh, to Devontae Smith? Right, All those questions uh, I think are, are valid and need to be raised uh, and they need to be on the top of our minds here in the forefront of our minds as we get ready for the start of the NFL regular season. Now, a lot of us, we hang our hats on, as we should, uh, this offensive line and the depth and just the talent all of, all up and down uh, the offensive line. You feel really good about it, as we should. I mean, arguably uh, the number one offensive line in all of football. But I look at the running back position. I, I look at the backfield. And as we know, Miles Sanders has sort of been missing in action throughout the summer. Not his fault, right? But injury prone is a thing. Uh, and Miles Sanders has uh, been dealing with a hamstring injury. And we'll see. You, you look at the, the history of Sanders here in Philadelphia as Miles is in his final year of his contract. And I've been on record saying this uh, on different episodes right here on the CityCast that uh, enjoy Miles Sanders in Philadelphia this year for all the Miles Sanders supporters out there in, in Philadelphia in the Philly area because uh, I, I don't see any way, shape, or form that Miles Sanders returns uh, after this season once his contract uh, is officially up after the year. But he's been missing games throughout his entire career. Uh, this is nothing new. You, you look at his track record, if you will, in, in 2019 – he did play 16 games, so he got off to a good start in his rookie season. Uh, and then he played 12 games out of 16 in 2020. He played 12 out of 17 uh, in 2021, last season. Uh, he's also been hurt at you know the, the worst possible times as far as playoffs. He's been um, not 100% for some key playoff moments where the Eagles weren't able to really rely on him in big situations and as well as big situations late in, in regular season games. So uh, what is Miles Sanders going to be able to provide for this team? And if it's going to be more of the same, which is all of what I just mentioned, who's going to step up, right? Can Gainwell take that big enough of a jump from year one to year two to really make that type of an impact to help round out this offense. I love Boston Scott as much as the next guy. He is extremely valuable. He's extremely underrated. I think from like the national bigger picture perspective, at least from other fan bases, I'm sure other NFL coaches appreciate 
uh, and respect what Boston Scott provides for this Eagles offense. But, you know, he's a guy that I think ideally gets, you know, six to 10, seven to 12 touches a game. He's a guy that can grab three to five balls out of the backfield as a receiver. You can give it to him in, uh, you know, creative ways uh, out of the backfield from the rushing perspective. But he's not a guy that, uh, you want as, all right, this is our 1A. This is our starter for week one. This is a guy that's going to be out there for 65 to 80% of the offensive snaps. That is not a recipe for success. Uh, and that's not the case right now. But I, I am concerned with this depth uh, in the backfield right now for the Philadelphia Eagles, especially knowing what we know uh, made them so successful last season. It was running the ball. And yes, Jalen Hurts can run the ball and have success, and he's dangerous in doing that, uh, coupled with this offensive line. But you imagine the coaches are, and the organization, starting at the top with the owner, are going to want Jalen Hurts um, not taking off and running as much as he did last year. So if that's true, it's even more important this year to have some stability in the backfield at the running back position. And right now, um, I, I don't think I can confidently say that there is stability, part one, uh, as well as legit talent <laughs> go to go along with that stability in the backfield. And you know, we'll see what this identity looks like uh, on offense for the Philadelphia Eagles. But man, for me, uh, I, I look at, you know, just some of like the the player season totals at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, right? And we can start we can start with Miles Sanders, right? And and I brought this up uh, earlier in the summer, probably right around when when training camp was in its earlier stages. Um, but you look at Miles Sanders and and his rushing yards total. And last time I checked, it was at eight fifty and a half. I'm just sort of pulling this up here on the fly as I uh, talk this out live with you here. Um, I, I just don't know what Miles Sanders is going to be able to do uh, from a from a statistical individual standpoint, I guess is my overall point, right? And if those if those words hold hold true and if he's not available uh, and if he's on and off the the injured list and if he's Back for a game, missing three. Back for a game, but not 100%. Then misses another game, misses a half. Right? I mean, that, that's been the Miles Sanders story here as of late. I'm not trying to absolutely bash him here with all of this. Uh, just objectively, I think, stating the, the reality uh, of the situation right now in the backfield for the Eagles. And, you know, Howie Roseman's done an excellent job. I've said it a few times on this episode alone. Uh, but, but they need to upgrade. They need to upgrade this position, whether it's just picking someone up over the next 24 hours uh, who's cut elsewhere, uh, whether it's looking in the trade market uh, between now and week one or maybe uh, early in September, October. Uh, something needs to be done here uh, because right now, I think this could this could limit them a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say end up haunting them. It could be uh, you know a little bit extreme. Uh, but I think limiting them right now uh, is the right way to phrase the Eagles running back situation. And I hope Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Gainwell, you know, can sort of collectively put that put that narrative to bed. Uh, but right now, I, I think it's more than fair 
to to bring that up as a possible concern. I just look at the depth chart here, and it's just it's not good enough. It's it's flat out not good enough, and um, we'll see what this offense looks like. Uh, compared to last season, because we all know what it looked like last season when it was having success. We all know what it looked like last season uh, when it was not having success, and it did not look pretty. And oftentimes, when it was not having success, it was when it was not running the football. <laughs> so that that's something uh, that needs to change. That's obviously something that all of us have been talking about throughout the summer, and we're going to hopefully get those answers sooner than later. All right, Philadelphia CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I've been your host, Ryan Rothstein, on this Tuesday, uh, August 30th, uh, as the month of August and really the summer's winding down with Labor Day coming up here um, over the weekend. Hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Best of luck on all of your bets. Enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, and we'll see you on the next episode. We do have Will Hill planned uh, at some point this week, I, I'll lock that. I'll lock that down. The specifics with Will, uh, hopefully in the next day or so. Uh, and we are efforting another guest uh, before this week ends. So be on the lookout for uh, the coming episodes this week, and of course, uh, the coming weeks uh, as we enter NFL and college football season. We'll be previewing more college football this week as well. So uh, can't wait for all of that. Until the next episode, everyone. Peace. Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all football related content. Check out betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.